everyone. Welcome to IT Tech Talk. I'm your host, Joel Ward. In a few seconds, Nick Nalbeck will be joining me to discuss Facebook, its privacy issues, everything that's going on right now with it. Uh, tune in to find out. Hello, everyone. Welcome to IT Tech Talk. I'm your host, Joel Ward. Today, Nick's joining me. Thanks for joining me, Nick. Yeah, thanks for having me, Joel. You're welcome. Um, so I'm sure this is not a new topic. Um, I'm sure everybody has worn this topic out. But Facebook, um, the company started in 2004, I think it was. Yeah, 2004 in at Harvard University by a student named Zach, uh, Mark Zuckerberg. And um, since then, Facebook has over 900 million viewers. And the question is, is Facebook still worth it in the business sector as far as using it for um, leads. Thoughts? Yeah, I have a lot of thoughts on this one, actually. <laughs> so, I mean, obviously, Facebook has controlled pretty much everything in our life now. It seems like it's connected to literally everything. And it's still a very strong way to grow a business, but they've made it very difficult now being such a massive platform in the early days of any social media platform, they need content creators. And now that they have so many content creators, they don't need all that content anymore. So now they made it really hard for you to grow organically and they're pushing people to pump money into ads so that you can actually become visible. So I do think oh, it's yeah. a and place to grow, but it's a pay to play type of thing now. Yes, and I will say that since then, uh, well, back then, Facebook was the top social media site to use. Like, everybody was flocking to it, and they were like, this is so cool. Like, I can add my friends. I can talk to people who I haven't seen in a long time. It was such a cool idea, and that's where Mark Zuckerberg's like and, – and, yeah, he did steal the idea, but I think if they hadn't had him do that, it would never have come into existence. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, he, he obviously took it to a whole new level. Everything that he did was, I mean, that's what really grew it. Yes, yes. The company, uh, since uh, since uh, starting, has raised over $106 billion. Um, I mean, that's a lot of money. Um, he He's like, I think it says he's worth $16 billion now. I mean, that's a lot of money for, you know, all, like one day just going to university and talking to some friends and then like, I'm going to start this off myself. And I don't know if you actually have seen the movie, uh, the social media movie that he did or that they did for him. Yeah, the social network. Yeah, I I don't know how much of that was fact and I don't know how much of that was fiction, but um, it was a very big eye opener to see that he betrayed a lot of people just to get where he was at. But at the same time, he made the idea work, whereas they were not really behind the idea, I think. And he was really gun ho about this idea. Yeah, and I mean, I, I kind of think in a way Facebook is still this. Is, this is all my own opinion and all the experiences that I've had with it. But I think Facebook is still very ruthless. Um, it, they're making it increasingly more difficult to actually build and grow a brand or a business on the platform. And it's because they can. They have so much power. And, I mean, you can see that by reading the headlines and seeing all the lawsuits that they're getting into. I mean, they they have way too much power and no one else can compete with them. No one else really stands a chance. And if they do, they either buy them out or they somehow squash the company and make sure that it doesn't exist anymore. 
or implement that same kind of platform into their own Facebook ecosystem. Yeah, let's talk about that. So privacy, I am sure everybody has seen in the news, Facebook's constantly getting battered with privacy concerns. And honestly, I have been concerned myself. I just haven't jumped the platform yet because um, there isn't really a good platform yet to jump to. But no, Facebook has been all over the news privacy-wise. Uh, there's people have been saying that they feel like their privacy has been violated in multiple different ways by him, reading messages, by certain things that Facebook employees have sent out. Um, I'm... I understand that Mark Zuckerberg's Mark Zuckerberg's take on privacy is not like the rest of the world's, whereas like we want to keep our stuff private, whereas he's like, I want to share information. And there was something that I heard a while ago, long time ago, that Mark Zuckerberg and the CIA were signing up to work together because the social media platform is such an easy way for people to enter information. Like they literally share everything about their lives and the and the FBI and the and the CIA don't really have to go anywhere to look for anything. All they have to do is hack your Facebook and they know everything about you. What do you think about that? I, I mean I think the, the the internet, even though it's it's come a long way from when it started, it's still kind of like the wild, wild west of the internet. Every company, if you're actively engaged online, your data is somehow being tracked and captured. I, there's just no way of getting around that. People are constantly trying to capture your data and sell that data, essentially. And it's just a matter of where that, that line is drawn as to what's acceptable and what's not. But, I mean, Google's not doing anything really different than what Facebook's doing. Why do you think yeah, when we're you gonna, search on we're gonna Google? Yeah, we're going to dive into that. We're going to dive into that in another episode uh, because I, I want to talk about Google, too, uh, where they, they, they also have been in the news for privacy concerns over the last few months to a year, too. Yeah, I mean, it's – I, I kind of see it as just a the way it is type of thing. I know a lot of people are growing more concerned, and I, I could see from, like, a security standpoint if – anybody can get their hands on this information, what can they do with it? Um, in that light, it's kind of concerning. But again, how do you traffic the internet? Something that is basically imaginary in a sense. Uh, yeah, and the thing about it, like the internet started out like so rough. And now it's like so, it, it, like you said, it's the Wild West. It's everything's open. Like you you go anywhere on the site and you can find literally anything in the world. Like whereas before that when the internet was first starting out, things were hard to get to. Things were not as accessible. Now everything is so accessible. You can find your classmates. You can find information about business. Everything's on there now. And it's so easy to access. Yeah, I mean, think of how... Think of how much work it would take to even get in contact with someone, sending somebody a, a letter, and now you can just pop open a computer or grab your smartphone and just quick shoot them a message, and you have instant access to other people and all other information. I mean, I, I remember in elementary school, internet still wasn't a huge thing. Like We barely had any access to computers, and anytime you wanted to do research, you were going to a library you were going into books that's how you're getting your information now you can access anything any information any knowledge you want can be accessed by with a click of a button but that data can be perverted too 
all that data can be perverted. And and that's one of the things I think Facebook doesn't realize that they're doing is some stuff they do, uh, they pervert in a way. Um, like even Wikipedia, I, I you can pervert Wikipedia. Somebody else can go on, change your bio or whatever, or do whatever. It, it doesn't matter how safe you think you are. I was actually just talking about something similar to this in my previous episode, if you caught it, um, about virtual currency and how people are so upset about cash going away. But at the same time, the virtual world we live in is everything can be done from your phone or your computer now. And transactions are made mostly from computers now. And I was talking about, and I was like, but that can be perverted too. Whereas, you know, someone can go in and change what they've done or hack it and take your money. But I find it easier for me to make virtual transactions. And and actually, speaking of Facebook, I use their transaction thing. I send people money via the Facebook app, like the Facebook Messenger thing. Like I send money through that. So, oh, interesting. I, yeah, I, I, I don't particularly have a problem with sending it via the platform because it's virtual currency and they say it's encrypted but who really knows <laughs> um but i do think that mark zuckerberg as a person you know i don't like his tactics i don't really care for him as a person he has some very harsh tactics but as a person his idea no one else could think about the idea the other those guys that were thinking i can't remember their names but they were thinking of the idea but they weren't thinking about it on the level that mark zuckerberg was thinking of it he was he took pictures and, and information and stuck it together and made it into a platform that he knew would grow, and, and he did it well. It's, I mean, it, it plays very heavily on that, that dopamine effect. That's why I think he knew that it was going to be effective because everyone's fishing for the likes. Why do you think Instagram is so, I kind of think it's a very, uh, I can't, what's the word I'm looking for? It's a very difficult world to live in being on Instagram and on Facebook and all that because everyone is fishing for likes. Everybody is wanting that reassurance that I have something of value to share and people like me or people want to hear from me and it's all driven by likes and people want to chase that. It's that dopamine hit every time someone hits that like button on your post. It's like, ooh, this person likes me. And well, as far as the continuing well, to, it's like an addictive thing. Yeah, well, as far as the business side of things go, um, you don't want just likes. You want response out of that post. You want response out of that um, information you put up there. So if you're on Facebook or Instagram, as far as like business goes, it, I was always told it doesn't matter how many likes you get on that post. If you're not getting responses from that post, you're not making it. You're not doing well. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're vanity metrics. They, they really mean nothing. They look good. But now I had even heard uh, Instagram – I think it's Instagram. They're actually even changing their their algorithm. Before, if you wanted to get your post on that explore page and get found by more people organically, you had to get a lot of likes. You had to get a lot of comments early on. If you did that, it, that would kind of cue to Instagram like, hey, this might be a good post to put for other people. Now they kind of shifted it and you have to get shares and people have to save your post and do things like that. Those are the the metrics that matter most, that's what's going to kind of drive that algorithm. So likes, I mean, a few months ago, Instagram was playing with the idea of completely removing likes as an option or being able to see how many people like your posts or other people posting and seeing how many likes are on that post because some people hold so much weight on that very little metric that means virtually nothing. I mean, you can have bots that go like all your posts for you. Yes. Yeah. And, and that's the thing. Um, 
you know, going back to Facebook, um, they own the rights to Instagram. I, I don't remember if you remember that, but they bought Instagram and WhatsApp and a bunch of other companies and um, because they wanted control over that market. And I remember when they were discussing, I actually remember that when they were discussing taking away likes. And I'm just like, why though? I mean, so many people live off of those likes. They literally, that like the dopamine effect, they literally are like, if I don't get a like, I, 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 I'm not worth it anymore. And so many people, you're right, so many people are like, craving those likes on Facebook and Instagram and even Twitter, those retweets. People are like, Jack Dorsey has definitely made it with that because it's like people retweeting your stuff. You're like, oh my gosh, so-and-so celebrity just retweeted my tweet. Like, And then people are like, oh, that's, wow, that's awesome. Like I actually, um, I can't remember uh, if I remember correctly, if it was, it was a while ago, uh, I said something and tagged Elon Musk and he liked my post. And I was like, oh, that's so cool. And uh but no, I, I people do live off of likes and retweets and um, shares, and and they sometimes they just can't stand when some when they see their post not doing well, they just freak out. Yeah, I mean it, it's that dopamine. I I really think it's not healthy for the world we live in. I mean, it's obviously we have influencers, and everyone wants to be a social media influencer, and it all starts with getting the likes and everyone wants that reassurance that people like them or that they're popular. And I mean, it's not, it's not going to grow your business. A lot of the Instagram influencers, like the serious influencers that you see, it's not about the likes. They've built a brand around what they have. Too many mm -hmm. people get caught up in trying to build a platform on social media. And th I mean, this is a really good point here. Social media, whatever you post on social media, you do not own. If you're trying to build a business on social media, you're building a business on rented land. Anything you put up there, Facebook owns or Twitter owns or Instagram owns. So mm. if you're trying to build a business, a serious business, you need to be bringing people off the platform because tomorrow Facebook could decide, you know what? We don't like you anymore. We're banning you from the platform. And now your business goes completely down the toilet. I've actually had this yeah. experience personally with me and Facebook I didn't lose a whole business or anything like that, but they've completely banned me and locked me out of pretty much anything Facebook, Instagram related. Really? Yeah, it's I've, I've been battling. I actually was just on chat support with them the last couple of days trying to get this figured out, but they had completely blocked my URL. So no one could go to my website from Facebook. No one could share my Why? website on Facebook. What's, uh, I couldn't do it. I have no idea. What's and, the, what's the, so they didn't give you a reasoning for that? No, you, you violate the terms. And that's what they can do. Mm -hmm. They can basically block you, give you a very vague BS answer as to why they blocked you, and you can't get in touch with anybody. It's all bots kind of running the game up in Facebook, especially since COVID hit. They sent everyone yeah. home. Everyone's working from home, and they beefed up the security and the spam filters at Facebook because everyone was posting stuff about COVID, and there were all this false information going out about COVID. So they well, ramped up the spam filter on that. Yeah, and social media in general. I and I, I know I know you've seen it, but they blocked President Trump for life on Twitter, and um, or former President Trump, and they they have blocked several other people. Um, Twitter has, and Facebook has taken some accounts down, and they're like, they now it's it's literally a, a big thing in in the world right now is ha, it, ha, who 
who literally defines whether you're going to be on social media the next day? Like who defines that? Like, are you going to, are, am I violating your terms by just even talking about Facebook? You know what I'm saying? Like, is this going to get taken down because I just said the word Facebook and I'm, I'm, I'm not attacking you, but I just said the word Facebook in a way that they don't like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I mean, that's, that's the problem with trying to grow a business on a platform like that, because it, it doesn't matter what the reason is. If they don't like it, you can be removed. And then if that's where your business is built on, your business goes with it. Well, I like your I like your definition of a uh, rented land because it's very true. Um, Facebook owns rights to everything on their thing. Doesn't matter what you say, and doesn't matter. Like, oh, I own that page. No, you don't. You you are renting a space on Facebook server to host your business site on their your social site on their pay or on their um server. So it doesn't matter if um your um do you uh, own that page or did that page? It's not yours. It's Facebook's. Yeah, exactly. And the, and the way I like to think about it, like the followers that you get and the people like as you're building an audience, that it's the social media needs to be viewed as an easier way to communicate with that platform. It can't be a way to drive your entire business. What you need to be doing is getting email subscribers, get people on your email list because you own that email list. People are actively giving you their emails to be a part of your list. And no one can take that away from you unless they, of course, unsubscribe. But you you always have that email list. You can always contact those people. If Facebook does get shut down tomorrow and you're like, oh, shoot, I lost all my followers. But I have this email list where majority of my people are living at. I can still get in contact with them. Yeah, and I actually caught your... Um your last episode with introvert one. And it was quite fascinating how she, she started out in the world of like um, email send outs and stuff. I thought that was really cool. Yeah. And that's uh, that, that episode was with Kim Beasley and she, she talks about that a lot. I mean, that's one of the first mistakes that entrepreneurs and business owners make is they don't start creating an email list. And there was actually a, an interesting story. I, I listened to Pat Flynn a lot, the smart passive income with Pat Flynn. Okay. And that was a big mistake that he made early on is he kind of built up this following and he actually had a lot of visitors coming to his site, but he didn't have an email list. Well, he had a huge influx of visitors come to his site and it actually crashed his site and it was down oh, for like wow. a couple of days and he was making money off of the site. But because he didn't have an email list, he had no way to get in contact with these people. So then everyone's trying to get a hold of him and they're like, what the hell? Your website's down. I can't get the information or I can't get this product. Like he was losing money every single day that his website wasn't running because he had no way to let people know, hey, we have a problem. We're working on it. It's getting fixed. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I totally agree with that. And look, I don't have that system set up. We do have a messenger portal that we use to get a hold of clients. Um, but as far as my business goes, but uh, we don't really email people. And, and, and listening to that, I was like, man, we should we should as a company consider setting up an email list and sending out emails to people. I mean, I would think for what, what you're doing, like in the, the tech space, I mean, even if it was a, just set like some kind of reoccurring newsletter that you send out, whether it's a week or every two weeks or whatever you want it to be. And maybe it's just like tech tips or tips for improving security or making sure you don't get hacked or how to protect your data from places like Facebook. Like, just random yeah, things I, like that that would just be like interesting to read but beneficial. 
Yeah, I actually like the idea. I, it's and it's something we are discussing currently. I just uh, I, after listening to your episode, I was like, man, we really need to put that into effect. Um, but it's like getting that getting that sent out and putting the content together every every month and every week. If we were doing every week or every month, it's just getting that content together and and finding the time because I'm I, I I know you are and I am as well busy and all over the place. So you know, while running a business and doing a full-time job, having two kids and, you know, managing, managing this podcast has been really like, it takes a lot out of me. Yeah, no, it, it's definitely a, a struggle. Um, but I guess kind of to tie it back to Facebook in a way, a lot of people really lean on Facebook as a means for driving traffic. Facebook advertising is obviously a huge thing and people sink a lot of money into Facebook ads, even if they don't understand them. Yeah. But the money invested into Facebook ads, your return on investment is very minimal. I can't remember what the exact percentage is on average, but it's extremely low. If you were to compare that to email marketing and the kind of return on investment people make on email marketing, on average across all industries, people who take email marketing seriously make $44 for every dollar invested into email marketing. Wow. And that's a 4,400% return on investment. And Facebook, Twitter, social media, like all those social media platforms, I think it's like 0.2% or like it was either 2, 2% or like less than a percent of return on investment. Yeah. And, um, you know, I like I like what she was saying. And I, I know this is jumping around, but the um, in your episode you did uh, with her, uh, the – she was talking about LinkedIn and how she responds to people. We do the same thing, but on our portal and even Facebook. Like when someone when someone messages us with the product and stuff, and we're like, we're a business that's looking for clients, not someone to sell us something to for us to buy into. And we we had something recently where someone reached out to us and we're like, hey, will you invest in this product? And I'm just and we responded back very nicely, and. Um, we were like, well, sorry, we're not an investment. We're not an investment place. We are. We are to do marketing. If you wanted us to market your product, uh, we can definitely do that. Um, and and they like she said they respond back rudely. Well, we got a rude message back. They're like, uh, well, I'm looking for investments. If you're not willing to invest, then don't ever bother me again. And um, and, and we were. We get we get things like that from clients right now, especially with COVID. They're like we respond back and like, hey, can we set up a meeting? And they're like, well, no, I don't have time for meetings. Can you just do what I ask? And we we want to we want to get the client to give us something so that we can start the process. We want to be able to meet them. We want we we are a big face to face company, even if it's a video call, just to go over things and understand what you want in your in your product or in your business um in your website um anything that's related to even in it i like to meet face to face and like hey what's the problem and um but jumping back to facebook it's like we have space on facebook we we have our site we have everything we we post uh, a lot on facebook and any any time at point in time that we violate those terms we can get taken down. Actually, for example, I know I don't know if I told you this, but Facebook did remove my business page. So did Twitter and um, Instagram because I tagged Robinhood and said we were removing our stocks and shares from, as a company from Robinhood's platform, and we actually got banned for a good forty-eight hours. Oh wow! Yeah, just because we tagged Robinhood and said we were no longer using their platform for stock exchange. 
Yeah, see that I mean that's it. They they run the game. So if you're if you're gonna be on those platforms, you gotta play their game. And yeah, it's and not always gonna be fair and you're not always gonna like the outcome and it may be for no reason other than the bot just decided to flag you one day. Yeah, and and it's funny because I've seen um friends of mine who are very big conservatives, they post something um in their belief system and they'll get Facebook jailed for uh, 24 to 48 to even longer hours of um, until they until they I guess I guess Facebook's like we're putting you on this timeout and until you until you come to your senses we're not going to take you off a timeout if you don't come to your senses after that we're going to remove you from our platform and you're right because Facebook does it, it does hold Facebook Twitter Instagram Snapchat they all hold the key to you being banned from their platform. Yeah, I mean, if you think about it, they're offering this platform up for free. You don't have to pay to post on it. Yeah, if you want to run ads, you got to pay to get ads, but you, you can basically just come in and start posting and you can you have the ability to build connections and possibly build your business within Facebook or any of these other social media platforms and they're offering that up for free. So, I mean, yeah, they they're giving it to you for free, but that means that they can also control it. Yeah, let's let's talk about that for a second. Facebook is free. Like they are they're a hundred percent free. But you're right, to do ads and stuff. I actually I don't remember what the exact number was, but I remember looking at it and Facebook actually makes the only way they make money as a company is off ads. Somebody posts an ad to their site, to their face to the Facebook profile or um platform, and that's how they make money per clicks. So you're making money, they're making money. But they're making the majority of the money because they are the ones that are hosting your ad for a certain price. So Facebook is making that constant money off of your ads and someone else's ads and business ads and global ads. And they're making that's how they make their income. And I mean, that that comes back around to the data conversation that we were talking about before. The reason Facebook is able to charge what they do for ads and be able to actually allow you to place ads is because they get that data and they're giving that data to advertisers so that they can then drive more traffic to their own business. If they weren't yeah, collecting I, that data, no one would advertise with them. I'd love to do a privacy um, conversation with you sometime, but quick, quick about that is the other day we were ta- I was talking about um, Riverside FM with a buddy of mine and guess what? <laughs> five ads targeted to me about Riverside FM on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And I was just like, whoa, like, come on, people. Like, this is, like, over the top. Like, I just said it one time, and now you're all, like, sending me all this information. Yeah, you know, I, I actually had some really weird, a weird experience with that. Because I, I was talking with someone that I work with about, like, how cool would it be if you had shoot, I can't remember what it was, but some kind of like tablet for note taking where, or not even a tablet, it was like a notebook where when you'd type it on the, or when you'd write in the notebook, it would get uploaded to a cloud somewhere. And I was talking to somebody about this. I didn't Google search it. I didn't look it up. And I got back to my office and I pulled up my phone and the first ad I saw on Instagram was for a smart pen. And it basically, everything that you write gets uploaded to a cloud and you can access all that information via the cloud. And it, it completely blew my mind because I did not, I can see if you go type something into Google, they track what you're typing, they can see what you're typing, what you're searching. But the fact that I didn't say anything, I don't know if it's just a super weird coincidence or if it's possible that they can listen in on the conversation too. 
I have I have experiences like that too, and I do think they do listen. Um, Facebook, Twitter, everything's listening, but so is Google. And we're going to talk about this in another episode where Google's algorithms listen to everything. Um, but we'll talk that in a later episode. But um, no, it, it, it's true. Everything you do anymore is monitored. Is there is no privacy anymore? You are constantly monitored on every activity you do on Facebook, Twitter, anything you type even on Google, is monitored and recorded for um, data gathering. And, and they, they, they constantly are mining data. And that's one of the things that Facebook's good at is they mine data a lot. They have mined so much data, they, they don't even need to even like think of what to target you. They can target you with whatever you are liked or subscribed to. Yeah, and actually I just recently interviewed the episode isn't live yet but i interviewed someone for my podcast his name was jeff Bermont. jeff Bermont, and he started this company called cocoon and basically what it is is it's a data tracking company but they actually pay you for the data that they're gathering on you so you go download their app link it to like your paypal account or whatever it is and they track your location and do everything that all these other apps are already doing like Facebook, Google, like all the stuff. But then they actually pay you back for some of that data that they're actually gathering from you. Oh, wow. That's cool. Uh, when's that going live? Um, that episode will be going live. I have that middle of March, beginning middle of March. Okay. Okay. Um, well, I see our time is about up. Um, but Nick, could you real quick, I know, I know you did this in the first episode, but just to go over, what do you do again and what's your podcast about? Yeah. So I am the founder of nine, five to freedom and host of the nine, five podcast. And basically what I do is try to inspire other aspiring entrepreneurs to kind of ditch the nine to five. Um, I, I was currently in this position, but you know, a situation where I'm, I know the nine to five job that I have isn't something that I want to do until retirement. It's just not for me. And I didn't know entrepreneurship was something that I could do. And once I realized it was something that literally anybody can do, you, me, everybody, I it completely flipped a switch on in my mind. So what I'm doing is I'm kind of taking people along on that journey as I venture from my nine to five into entrepreneurship so that I can hopefully enable other people to other people to do the same if they want to. And on the podcast, I bring entrepreneurs on to talk about that journey of going from a nine to five into something that they've built themselves. And it's, we've had a lot of amazing guests and a lot of amazing stories of people that have battled through a lot of struggles and a lot of the limiting beliefs that we all have and have been able to create these awesome businesses for themselves. Awesome, awesome. So if anybody is listening, please tune into Nick's 9 to 5 podcast. It is on Spotify, and where else is it available? Is it on Apple as well? Yeah, it's pretty much everywhere. Any podcast awesome. app that you have, you can definitely find it. Awesome. And for those who are listening, we just went live on Apple Podcast Day. So if you uh, are tuning on Spotify and you'd rather listen on Apple or somewhere else, we are on Google. We are on everything right now. So if you're if you're wanting to tune somewhere else, you can definitely do that now. Um, thanks for tuning in, Nick, uh, with me and joining me. Um, we tune in next this Saturday. And Nick and me will be talking about Google and the privacy we were just talking about. So tune in and everybody stay safe. Thank you for joining us.